Hello, friends. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started with our show today, let me remind you about a couple partners of the podcast. First up, Prepped Ready Meals. Prepped and Ready, they offer healthy meals delivered straight to your door. All you have to do is pop them in the microwave. They're good to go. They deliver in all of metro Atlanta area. They just partnered with a fitness app called Fit Genie to make deliveries even easier. Go to PreppedReadyMeals.com. Use code BINGE10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's B-I-N-G-E-1-0 for 10% off your order. Everybody loves healthy meals. Everybody loves meal planning. Well, now you can do it all in one. Go check these guys out. Support them. Again, one more time at binge10 at checkout, preppedreadymeals.com. Our other friends are our friends over at Rebel Boudoir. Have you ever wanted that boudoir session and needed the little nudge to finally do it? Well, now you do. Our listeners will get an automatic discount of $100 off their session fee when they book a session with Jillian at Rebel Boudoir. These sessions make an awesome, unique gift for your wedding day, anniversary, birthday, or it's just an excuse to rock that bod you've got. Go check out Jillian's work for reference on her Instagram at Rebel Boudoir or her website, rebelboudoirstudio.com. Mention us in your inquiry to get that discount. It's a great investment and an experience you definitely won't forget. And now, welcome to the show. Crack-a-lackin'. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to 153. That's just a number. It's episode 153 uh, of the Binge Boys. Wow, we're just flying through them. Um, of course, that's me, Logan. You, you, you're used to my voice by now. You're probably sick of it. <laughs> I, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of talking. Um, but you're probably not sick of hearing matt what's up matt? <laughs> man that that transition was just fitting for me that that sounds like something i would do how's it going logan it's it's going fantastic we also got um i was trying to think of a clever nickname off the top i couldn't <laughs> we got mitch what's up mitch what's up guys uh we're, we're straight chilling it's a wonderful monday evening before we get into things uh also, shouts to roommate Jordan that just got home from doing something. Uh, I, I didn't hear you, but all right. Uh, uh, because Turner's here. Where'd you go? This is all just live. Um, uh, yeah. How is everybody? We're we're great. We're great to be here. Glad to be here. Before we get into the episode, sorry, roommate Jordan distracted me, but it's not his fault. Um, let's remind everybody to go ahead and do three very important things. Just three things for me today while you're listening right now, go to iTunes.com slash the binge boys podcast and leave that five star five star rating takes 15 seconds. It's no hassle. Turn on that Christmas tree. Thank you. Gives us some character in here. Um, takes 15. Hey, we'll make it four things. If, if your Christmas trees plugged in right now, uh, or if it's not plugged in, plug it in. Get a little festive with us. And if you're driving and you don't have a tree with you, uh, all right. Um, it's no hassle. 
takes 15 seconds to rate and review. It's not a big deal at all. As soon as you're done with that five-star rating, as I just said, please go leave that leave that review. Uh, to put it nicely, if you listen to this podcast and I know you in real life and you haven't rated review, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> Until, have you done it? You better have. Um, and lastly, guys, just go make sure you're following along on Instagram at the Binge Boys Podcast. That's where you see our reviews, news, ep- episode announcements, and everything in between. Uh, it's kind of the side-by-side companion to the show, if you will. Um, guys, before we get into our episode, why don't we give the people uh, a little bit of a Thanksgiving recap? Mitch, how was... Uh, I'll start with you, buddy. How was the fam? What did you guys do? I saw your pictures. Brian's looking like a man. It's it's weird because I haven't <laughs> seen a kid in like 10 years. What's what's up? How's the fam? What'd you guys do? Yeah, uh the fam is uh doing good, doing good. Um everybody's back from my brother and sister are back from school, so it was good to see uh to see them and hang out with them for they're here until like January and um wait, is Brian in college? Yeah. What? How yeah. old is he? He's uh, 18. Jesus, where's he going? Turning, he goes to uh, James Madison. Oh, shit. Cool. I, I had no idea he was that old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, sorry, sorry to cut you <laughs> off. Keep going. Uh, so, yeah, we did uh, some a social distancing type of uh, Thanksgiving this year. We we did go to my grandparents' house, but we like ate outside and wore masks the entire time. It was a little different and weird, but uh, like it, it was, it was good to see everybody, and my whole family's doing well. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that's how my Thanksgiving went. How how about uh, how about well, I don't know who to go to. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, Logan looks busy. uh my thanksgiving was good man yeah it was good to see my fam uh same sort of social distancing except uh up around chicago wasn't quite as nice so we were inside just with the windows open um my cousin's girlfriend's family has a uh restaurant so we wanted to i think they um acquired in the with the great timing of about February of 2020. So wanting to help them with uh, their venture there. So we got it catered from there, had two different kinds of stuffing. My one, number one Thanksgiving uh, side. So I was definitely pumped about that. But yeah, just some good, good hangout time. Uh, just with the, uh, with the family don't, don't seem to come by as often as I'd like anymore. So take any, any chance I can get. What about you, Logan? How was, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was cool. Similar situations to both of you. Kind of just low-key. Um, my family, my brother and sister are also back in town for school. Um, yeah, we, we hung out. We ate. Uh, got together. Uh, my aunt and uncle, one of my mom's sisters, uh, lives right down the street, quite literally, like 30 seconds away from... Uh, from my parents, so they came over, my aunt and uncle and two cousins, and we kind of just kept it low-key, didn't do anything super fancy with a big family get-together, kind of just kept it chill, 
um, had a nice breakfast Thanksgiving morning. That's kind of turned into a tradition. Um, past few years before COVID, what we did was uh, was keep it. Um, what was what, what Thanksgiving morning? We would wake up and go play tennis uh, at a local at the the neighborhood tennis court. And before we played tennis, we would all take a shot of fireball whiskey. Don't ask me how that started. That's probably just a lame my dad tradition that was <laughs> created. Um, but uh, yeah, not this year. We just had a nice little, uh, nice little meal, and that's about it. Um, it's good to hear that everyone had a nice and safe and healthy holiday weekend. You guys Black Friday or Cyber Monday shopping? Or are you guys keeping it low-key this year? Like me, I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing. I won't say that I didn't get online and try <laughs> to get myself a something that I had previously been scammed for. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no luck there. So I think I'm saving a little bit of uh, dime this year. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm just trying to get my Christmas shopping done and nothing that I was really looking for, for someone else was, uh, was going to give me a very good deal. So unfortunately no, no W's nor L's taken this, uh, black Friday, cyber Monday. What about you, Mitch? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I looked, but I, I never, uh, was able to get anything, uh, uh, for Christmas shopping and, uh, I did look, however, for a couple of things for myself that I thought that I wouldn't be able to get like for Christmas. So, uh, but it turns out that I think uh, either it wasn't on sale or just couldn't couldn't pull the trigger on on buying anything. So, cool. Yeah, it sounds like we're all kind of in the same boat there, but that's okay. We got to save our money for the good stuff that 2021 will bring us. Like hopefully going to the movies again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But until then, I guess we got to dive right in to our first little news thing. I saw this very briefly on Twitter. I haven't really seen it anywhere else. Um, Hasn't been widely reported, but uh, the boss of Xbox, Phil Spencer, uh, said that an Xbox app could be coming to smart TVs as early as next year, I'm assuming he means 2022 uh, by this statement. Um, this In this article from Polygon, it says, playing Xbox games on your TV may not require an Xbox at all soon. Xbox head Phil Spencer tells The Verge that we might see a dedicated Xbox app for smart TVs by next year, one that could stream console games directly using Microsoft's Project X Cloud service. In a quote, he says, quote, I think you're going to see an Xbox app for smart TVs in the next 12 months. I don't think anything is going to stop us from doing that. What we used to call a TV was a CRT that's just throwing an image on the back of a piece of glass that I'm looking at. Now, TVs are really more of a game console stuffed behind a TV screen that has more of an app platform, Bluetooth capabilities, streaming capabilities. Is it really a TV anymore, or is it just a form, uh, a different form of a device? Um, the amount of capability 
the amount of computing capability in just simple home devices has increased uh, over the past few years, and I think gaming is going to become a part of that as well. Uh, he says something. He hinted at another hardware option similar to Amazon's Fire TV stick. He said, quote, you could imagine us even having something that we include in the Game Pass subscription that gave you an ability to stream games on your television and just buying a controller. And that's it uh, for now. Uh, this is qu kind of a, a a big deal, I think. Um, also kind of weird timing on it, considering the fact that they're trying to now launch and sell two brand new next generation consoles. But if you um, wait, it'll soon be obsolete is what he's saying. <laughs> Yeah. But if you just wait 12 short months, you could get all of that capability in a little thumb drive that costs $60. <laughs> um, Mitch, what's your, do you, what do you make of this? Um, you know, this, this is, uh, this is interesting. Um, it's very enticing for people that don't normally buy consoles, I would say that maybe want to have some kind of gaming capability on their TV, maybe for like parties or something. But uh, I don't know. Like for me, I don't think I plan on getting the new Xbox. Um, so if they go with this, with this cheaper, like somewhat streaming option, I think that that might be something that I like, try and check out maybe but uh yeah I, I don't know i don't even uh, understand how it's gonna work is it just all gonna be cloud like streaming or like because that's gonna be weird and if i have an xbox account that's not active but if i activate it and use this streaming device or whatever then will i be able to play like the new Xbox games on my t smart TV or something. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, that's a, that question was sort of what I was coming to. Will it be like the full product offering of like Xbox? Or will you be able to play like the newest Halo, like just you now, like with the $60 thumb drive and just like stream it? I feel like they've tried this several times. It isn't, this kind of what like stadia is i don't i'm not super familiar with that but i just feel like if you aren't getting like a full console you also don't have the the internet to support playing like the newest game just in any kind of like decent quality but maybe if they're kind of like i don't know just like less not like lower games but just like a little bit simpler just like old school maybe just like is this like a library like of classic games that they never don't require as many resources that's the only way it could work i'm pretty skeptical um mainly because our like the smart tv i use just all the built-in apps are like crap we just have to go to the fire stick anyway so it's like i don't need another stick thing just to do this what about you logan if uh you continue to take l's on the ps5 will you just go <laughs> The all streaming <laughs> Xbox app route. Um, I I'm wondering the same things you guys are, are asking. Like, 
how are they going to market us this the Xbox Series X it's the most fast Xbox ever it's the most beautiful Xbox ever but if you wait 12 months you can get it in a little thumb drive <laughs> what's the point <laughs> like yeah like i just find it very odd like it'd be different if they waited till like E3 of 2021 to like say like hey we might be working on something that might be an alternative but it, it just seems odd like why tell people that this is is he saying that the concept will be born in 12 months or is he saying the this product will be on is this going to be the next product that's impossible to get your hands on <laughs> uh Hey, Phil Spencer, why don't you guys focus on being able to deliver one console uh, before you promise another one? Okay, okay. Um, this next headline really, and when I say really, I mean really fucking got my attention. And we've been talking about Spider-Man here on this podcast for quite some time. I thought we were done reporting about Spider-Man. Um, until we got some official news or something, but I couldn't not comment on this. In an article from CBR, which I can only assume stands for Comic Book Reporting? Review, I believe. Oh, maybe, yeah. It says, uh, Spider-Man 3, the currently untitled sequel to Spider-Man Far From Home, is expected to include a significant interdimensional multiverse storyline kind of like what we've been reviewing or uh, speculating the past couple of months. Um, uh, also with rumors that Jamie Foxx is going to be on set as Electro, rumors of Doctor Strange being involved with the movie, also rumors including Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield showing up. Uh, however, we, we got a little snip that a new rumor supports this idea and follows reports that Alfred Molina from Spider-Man 2, the guy who played Dr. Octopus, the greatest villain ever, was spotted on the set. Uh, according to several sources, Alfred is believed to be reprising his role as Doc Ock in this movie, first portrayed in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Um, however, it is unconfirmed whether Alfred will be playing the same Doc Ock or he will be delivering a new unseen version of Doc Ock, similar to the Electro reports saying that Electro, the, the new Electro that we might be seeing is going to be a different character altogether. Um, yeah, we'll get some new information soon the film arrives in theaters around a year from now december 17th 2021 uh matt mitch does this make you more less excited uh are you about where you're at where we were talking about the casting of jamie fox being on set what's what's your thoughts matt or does this make you any more hype it, it doesn't make me I mean, I'm I'm just quite hype in general. This doesn't really move the needle, but I, it just no. seems this seems like too much too much smoke for there not to be a fire with some sort of Spider Verse, like with one you know kind of redo villain, you know, potentially being played by like the same actor. You think like 
okay, they're just, you know, they like the guys so there's giving it another shot. But now that there's two, it's like, all right, there's, there's something probably, going yeah, something going on. Maybe they'll play like, yeah. So we'll see, man. What about you, Mitch? Yeah, I definitely think uh, this is uh, kind of not confirms a multiverse thing. Like that. I think they've already been really pushing the idea that it's, like multiverse and that they're all in the same universe it, to some extent. And uh, I definitely think uh, seeing Dr. Octopus again on screen will be awesome, especially if it's Alfred Molina. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, this, this makes me more excited than the Jamie Foxx news just because I wasn't as big of a fan of his electro portrayal, but this this is now getting me uh, super super excited to see a trailer at some point. So, man, I'm so high for this shit. Come <laughs> on, man, you're playing with me when you say Jamie Fox. Like, okay, that's cool. Just like Mitch said, like I was fine with his portrayal. I didn't love it. I didn't hate him. But come on, man, you can't be teasing me here. Like Alfred. Spider-Man 2 up until the Dark Knight, in my opinion, was one of the better superhero movies and still to this day, one of the better superhero movies we've gotten ever, in my opinion. Um, I love Doc Ock as a villain in general. I think it's incredibly badass. And I liked the female version that they did in the Into the Spider-Verse animated movie, too. I thought she was badass. Definitely. So I don't know. I mean spoiler alert if you haven't seen spider-man 2 but um <laughs> he died at the end of spider-man 2 he kind of like gave his life to you know save new york from the black hole that he basically created you know the end of the movie kind of shows his body drifting off through the ocean and the arms kind of like dying uh so i i assume it's got to be a new portrayal um can you imagine, dude, just picture this, like, if if it's the same Doc Ock, then what if, like, as Tom Holland is, like, jumping through dimensions and shit, like, he jumps through a scene that is in Spider-Man 2 already, like, the bank robbery scene, for example, yeah. and, like, Tom Holland just, like, a portal opens up and Tom <laughs> Holland just bums in there, and Toby Mogar is like, what are you doing, or something, and, like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other villain from any previous Spider-Man movie that you'd be game to see pop up in this? Like, are you here for, uh, are you here for, uh, what's his name? Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, or uh, James Franco, Green Goblin? Uh, I was thinking uh, Sandman from the Raimi films. I feel like he wasn't sort of given the room to breathe that he needed to. That movie was just a little overstuffed, and I, I like Sandman like as an idea. Yeah, I, I totally totally agree with Matt there. I was gonna say Sandman too. Um, yeah, it's uh, this is this is gonna be pretty pretty cool. Uh, what they decide to do, like I mean, now I guess they have unlimited options of what they can do with this movie. So, come on, man, please don't shit the bed on this, <laughs> Kevin Feige. I know you've got it going on, man. Like come on i can't talk about it anymore like I, i'm pretty sure i heard not too long ago that they were supposed to do some kind of teaser trailer this month in december i'm pretty I, I that's what i heard 
or I guess, well, when you're hearing this, it's December, but, um, but yeah, I guess we'll just see, uh, going, going forward. Um, Clifford, the big red dog, Ugh. uh, yikes, live action trailer <laughs> here. Um, we, uh, we got a little live action teaser trailer for Clifford, the big red dog. Um, and uh, this is the first article that came up for me, so bear with me. In an article from Fox News, um, Paramount Pictures dropped a teaser for live action, at live action adaptation of Clifford the Big Red Dog based on the, the children's books. This holiday season, we're thankful for the pets that love whose love got us through the year. But next year, get ready to love bigger. And it's just a shot. Of of a giant golden retriever <laughs> covered in red. Um, did you guys uh, did this did this turn you off like it did the rest of the internet? Essentially, yep. That's, yes, that's all, that's all the oxygen I want to give this. It's so <laughs> gross. Yeah, this uh, this ain't. Uh, this ain't it, it Paramount. <laughs> let's let's get a let's get a Sonic the Hedgehog situation where you guys use half your budget to redesign Clifford <laughs> and uh, give us a better movie because as of right now, this they could, they could have done something better, right? Like it's not even the a Sonic COVID thing, thing. The Sonic thing, I get they were going for something different, but uh, this ain't it. No. Um, it's a giant I, red dog. You don't need to make it look so realistic. I think people uh, are able to suspend their disbelief if it's 30 feet tall. Yeah. So, um, they didn't even use a full size dog either. Like it's like a puppy. Yeah. It's just like, like, it, I don't know, man. It, it was weird. Like the one thing that I saw about it, like it was weird. Yeah, they totally like it looks like something that they just done in paint. They just like took the the paint cans to get it all red and then <laughs> clicked on the corner, dragged it diagonal to scale it up. Like <laughs> look at me saying like that's all the that's all the oxygen I want to give it. And here we are just sort of going off on it. I, I, I was gonna say, uh give me <laughs> it unfortunately Logan had to step away real quick but uh and he's going to miss this this banger of a <laughs> of a movie idea <laughs> but give me my motherfucking boy Caillou <laughs> <laughs> the base god Caillou live action Caillou <laughs> I thought that would be funny but uh, no that that crush <laughs> dude oh well, yeah, we'll have to get low. We'll have to do some Caillou talk later when when Logan steps back. Um, how about these uh, these Grammy noms? Did you have a chance to to take a look at them, Mitch, or yeah. not really? Yeah, I I did look at the Grammy nominations and uh, the controversy around some of these are uh, or the fact that a few artists were not nominated was yeah. I know controversial uh recently so like the weekend um was the main one that came to mind uh i remember he tweeted about it and i saw some instagram posts and uh 
fans were were getting riled up over that and uh i'm looking at the list uh or the website Mm -hmm. um trevor noah is going to be the host i think that's pretty cool yeah i I saw that i posted before I don't think so. I think he. I think he's a very good presenter. Like I think his, you know, depending on what you think about his politics, you know, doesn't matter one way or another. He's just very yeah, funny and a really, very good presenter. Yeah, he's he's a. Uh, it says right here, twenty twenty one Grammys will mark the first time the Grammy nominated comedian will host. So yeah, it's his first time hosting, and uh, yeah, he's also Grammy nominated. That's pretty cool. Uh. Yeah, it says here the the big winners of it are Taylor Swift, Dua Lipa, and Rodney Roddy Rich have six nominations, but the leader in the clubhouse is Beyonce with nine. Which damn, yeah, which I think is for uh, for Black is King. That was her project that came out this year. I can't remember. That's what it's looking like here. Yeah, it'll be uh, really interesting to see who wins some of these. Um, I know one of uh, one of the artists that I follow, uh, Tame Impala, is nominated for uh, some awards, which I thought was pretty cool because I never even would have thought they would have considered <laughs> considered him. But uh, yeah, for sure, there's some. Uh... There's definitely some some categories that I feel like are I know all of them, and then I feel like even genres I feel like I know pretty well, like best rap album. Like I haven't heard of like some of the ones I've obviously heard of Nas and Royce to Five Nine, but I have. Have you heard of D Smoke? Oh no. Yeah, I haven't either. Or uh, that's in the that's in the rap and hip hop. Yeah, best rap oh. album. D Smoke's also up for best new artist, so maybe he's new on the scene. Must be. Uh, Megan The Stallion, she's up for best new artist. Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's some some people that we've reviewed in the past that uh, that are up for some nominations, which is really cool. Definitely, uh, yeah. Let me see here. I think uh, this might be a bit of a spoiler for my some of my year-end list, but for album of the year, I think uh, my personal number one uh, by the Black Pumas is nominated. Yeah, Yeah, I just I just actually uh, started listening to some of their music uh, when I looked at the list like last week or when it came out. And hey. uh, they sound they they're really real. I love the sound of them. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like jazzy and also kind of like uh like rock. Like I want to say like not rock rock, but like sort of old bluesy. Real. Yeah, blues yeah, inspired. yeah. Blue, blues. That's that's what I'm looking for there. Yeah. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> Welcome back. I Welcome back, real dude. quick. <laughs> hope, hope you don't mind. Um, 
I'm getting some. I don't know if it's just me. I'm getting some weird feedback. You hear that, Matt? Yeah, I, I was getting it as well. Mitch, try muting yourself real quick. Okay. Yeah, here, go ahead and 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 leave, and then come back in. Yeah, because it only just started. Yeah, just now. Um, so you 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 started talking about Grammys. We did, yeah, just sort of running through a few of the categories and just some of our some of our favorites that got nommed and the um the weekend kind of getting snubbed and, and feeling bad about it. Yeah, he uh I saw he, he's been going off kind of on, on Twitter and on Instagram about how the Grammys are rigged and then kind of so also somewhat kind of how the Grammys are a little racist and and kind of snubbing him uh as well as a few other heart artists, I saw Halsey had some opinions about being not nominated mm-hmm. or something. Um, really, just the weekend, though, unless I'm forgetting something, someone else um, that really got snubbed. Um, personally, maybe it just shows how mainstream I am, and I hate that sometimes. But who are all these people? That's that's what I was saying on some even some of the genres. Um, I feel like I'm more familiar with like I or some on the best rap album that I didn't even recognize. Yeah, like so if you're talking about record of the year, like I've heard, is it bad? I don't know who the Black Pumas are. We were just that's who we were talking about when you just came back in. They're oh, okay, real good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd give them a listen. I think they're going to be at or near the top of my my album of the year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll give them a shot um album of the year sorry i don't want to go over anything you guys have already done they're they're nominated again damn mm-hmm. Coldplay had an album this year okay i'll go back and listen to it yeah i i just uh some of these were uh some of these were interesting because i think they came out in 2019 some of the albums but the grammys are weird where they have a uh a portion from like I think it's like a cutoff date of like September of the previous year. If you don't get nominated for the following year, then you're eligible for the next year or whatever. Yeah. I I don't think they go by the normal calendar year when they, when they do their nominees. I think you get a couple extra months of leeway song of the year. I don't, some of these songs I recognize, but, uh, yeah, like especially like with the best new artists. Like, okay, I I get I know who <laughs> Noah Cyrus is, I know who Doja Cat is, no Meg the Stallion, obviously, but who who are these people? Do you know who these people are, Mitch? Like Ingrid uh addresses or Andres, yeah. Phoebe Bridgers, Chica. Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers is I've, she's good. Yeah, I've heard of Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, D Smoke, assuming that's a rapper. <laughs> um, K Trandada. Like I, I don't, I don't know some of these artists, which maybe shows that I'm too mainstream. But Grammys usually kind of does this every every so often. They they nominate a bunch of artists that nobody's ever heard of. Um, but I mean, I'll still be tuning in. I'm curious how they do it this year again. Like with you know virtual award shows being a thing so um yeah i mean i 
do you guys have more thoughts about the Grammys? No, I think the only other thing uh, we hit while you were gone where we gave uh, Trevor Noah hosting a, a big thumbs up. Oh, he's hosting. I didn't hear that. Yes. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I like him. He's good. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Airing Sunday, January 31st. Sounds like a plan. Trevor Noah. Interesting choice from previous years. So very interested to see how he does. Okay. Good deal. Mitch. Yeah. Did you, did you watch The Mandalorian? I did. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, Matt, if, if you really don't want spoilers, this Dude, is the episode. Going. Okay. I, I think I know the spoiler. So Okay. <laughs> so, um, there yeah, might be they a jump, little... They jump uh, right into it this episode. Oh, they really do. You you get that opening shot, Um, which, let me just say this. Let me say this. The way that this episode was filmed... More specifically, name drop Ahsoka was filmed with her action set piece in the beginning. Like Dave Filoni, like, bro, what do I (laughs) just excellent? Like, I know, dude, Dave Filoni is literally the future. The future is in the balance, like in his hands. Yeah. And like, he is going to just blow everything out of the water if he's attached to any of the projects. I, I feel like without Dave Filoni, Star Wars is will not do what will not succeed. But with him, I mean they could do so much. And I feel like with this episode they kind of lay they lay down the the tracks of like what they want to do and where they want to go with this not only this show but like future shows that may pop up. Uh, so yeah, big shout outs to Dave Filoni for, for this episode, man. I love this episode. Yeah, this was an absolute powerhouse of an episode. This episode was titled the Jedi, which we had speculated on, um, for a while. So let's hit a couple of the key major notes that this episode had. Number one, let's get on top of it. Baby Yoda's real name. They, they reveal the name of the child. AKA Gragu is baby Yoda's real name. Kind of like when I heard it, I wasn't like, that's not very cute. But then I thought, uh, I don't hate it. Like I, I don't, but I hope that they realize that (laughs) it's not like it's a flip, a flip of a switch. Like I'm going to continue calling Gragu baby Yoda. And I think most yeah. of society will <laughs> will keep that up. Um, and I think yeah, for sure. Mando, Mando is also going to continue calling him the kid or or the baby or whatever he calls. I think he calls him kid or the kid or whatever. Um, so yeah, you get Baby Yoda's real name. His name is Gragu. Um, and yeah, that. Ahsoka kind of gives us a a big backstory um, to him. Uh, She reveals that baby Yoda was raised in the Jedi temple on Coruscant and received training from many masters. Uh, Once the order 66 was executed and revenge of the Sith, he was hidden away by a unnamed Jedi. Um, 
interested if that's anything you know to be developed or if that they're just like oh yeah some jedi grabbed him and put him underneath the bed and he hid while everyone else was getting got um she says to gragu uh i sense much fear in you uh mirroring yoda's line to anakin from the phantom menace um so yeah that that's kind of the baby yoda we get a lot of baby yoda backstory i thought it was a lot to give us baby yoda backstory and ahsoka in one episode but i guess the way they did it with ahsoka being the one that gave us the details it makes sense um yeah mitch what do you, what are your thoughts on baby yoda's real name here yeah uh i i like the name choice um i feel like many people will still call him baby yoda um just because that's what we've known him as and um so that's kind of that'll be interesting to see where that goes but um yeah uh my thoughts for uh, ahsoka ahsoka tano (laughs) i always i always go back to the clone wars intro narrator voice dude that just says ahsoka tano (laughs) um but uh Yeah, I thought Rosario Dawson was awesome as Ahsoka and um her her basic uh like her basically her portrayal as Ahsoka was really well done. Um and just some of the character like the movements and uh like mannerisms I guess are a better term for it were very like reminiscent of like Ahsoka in the Clone Wars uh, series. So uh, I was definitely satisfied and happy and uh, just super stoked and excited to see her on screen, like live action. I think that's uh, awesome. Um, And she does help Baby Yoda or Grogu, Gragu, however you pronounce his name. (laughs) Uh, Like, Telling in telling his backstory, which I thought was like perfect for where the show is headed. And uh, I don't know if you want to drop the the next uh, kind of spoiler, but what we got at the end of the episode with Ahsoka in the battle, which I thought the action in this episode was amazing. Um, but oh, like wow. Ahsoka in that fight scene with uh, the old Imperial uh, commander, whatever she, whatever her title was. Uh, do we want to talk about that spoiler for potential future uh, Star Wars lore and shows? Or do we want to just leave it at where we're at and see if we get any feedback from from listeners here um i to be honest with you must have not caught it until reading this article telling me what that last part is um i'll have to go back and rewatch the end of that episode but this episode reveals to you that ahsoka is currently hunting 
Grand Admiral Thrawn, bro. <laughs> like the guy that they've been talking about having in the Star Wars universe for how long? For um, years. The villain that uh, they were hunting in the final season of Rebels. Um, this suggests that he's, well, I guess still alive. It's the same time period-ish. Um, but he's alive and well. And uh, the chick that um morgan elsbeth that was her name is apparently his protege this show what are the chances mitch that thrawn is a thanos situation for the mandalorian where they tease him and tease him and tease him but he we won't we won't see him until like a season from now or two seasons from now like, what if the ending shot of season two of The Mandalorian is Thrawn, like, turning around and smiling, just like Thanos did at the end of the Avengers? Like, what are the chances of that? Uh, I think that would those chances are pretty high right there. Like, I think that would be the way that they should go about doing it. I don't think they should give us Thrawn, like, right away. Um, I feel like they could set up, because I feel like they might be... in talks with doing a an ahsoka show um because i don't know if we're gonna see any more of ahsoka tano in the rest of the mandalorian this season so i feel like if we got a spinoff ahsoka show like it could be a situation where we get like a couple of these star wars shows running and we get like a crossover villain situation where he's playing like, cause he's like after the empire falls it, after uh, return of the Jedi that basically I, I think Thrawn is the one that takes the reins over everything, which is what rebels was kind of about. Um, Thrawn is like the main uh guy still running what's left of the empire so it's uh man i just thought that the tease itself of just mentioning his name that he's like we could see him is just like oh man this show is just so good like this was written so perfectly and the fact that ahsoka is looking for him just makes it even cooler so i'm like I don't even know what to really like think. I feel like I'm rambling at this point, (laughs) but uh, yeah, man, it's uh, the way that they're like, these shows are headed and the Mandalorian specifically, it's going to just get better and better. I think we have three episodes left of this season. And I saw a tweet from one of the animation directors. It was posted on like, uh, it got shared a bunch of times or something, and I saw it on Twitter or Instagram, one of the two. Um, and the animation director said, "These last three episodes are a roller coaster, is a roller coaster ride. So be prepared." And like, um, like I'm just super excited because I love this show. I love <laughs> the way that they're that they're making this uh, kind of somewhat of a a reboot of real star Wars. Like it's a very nostalgic show for 
fans of the original trilogy, I think. Yeah, I can agree. You said you said everything very well there. I won't comment anymore, but yeah, we don't rate individual episodes, but if, if we had to rate this episode, this is probably a 10 out of 5. Like This was just a, a superb episode <laughs> in every way, shape, or form. Um, so yeah, here's to hoping that that animation director's promise is true that these last three episodes are a roller coaster. God damn, I feel the same way you do. Like this show is just incredible. As long as Dave Filoni and John Favreau both have some kind of involvement of Lucasfilm going forward, like I have high hopes. Why the hell don't they just give Dave Filoni a Star Wars trilogy? Like, like what are they doing? Come on. Like, I think that yeah, that they he, should. They should. Like, why isn't this dude directing <laughs> his own films? Whatever. I don't know. Um, he seems to be kicking ass in TV, so I won't disturb the peace. Um, currently, uh, or not currently, what the hell? Um, next up, let's talk about Hillbilly Elegy. 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 Yeah. Uh, Mitch, I don't think you got a chance to catch this one, so me and Matt will take the reins here. <laughs> um, Aha. Was there a joke there? No, just like since I sit out Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so background about the movie real quick. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's rated R. Uh, hour and 56 minutes. It's a drama. It came out this last week, November 24th, 2020 for Thanksgiving weekend. A great family film here. Um, directed by Ron Howard. Written by J.D. Vance. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, and it stars Amy Adams, Glenn Close, Gabriel Basso, uh, a bunch of other no names. But you're really tuning in here to watch Amy Adams and, and Glenn Close here. Yep. Um, the, uh, the synopsis reads, as an urgent phone call puts a Yale law student back to his Ohio hometown, which I think is incorrect, isn't it? Kentucky hometown? So the Kentucky is like where it started, where they go on vacation. Oh, but like yeah. his, his family is like originally from Kentucky, and then they moved to rural Ohio. Um, gotcha. A little ways in. Um, and then it says where he reflects on three generations of family history and his own future. So right off the bat, Matt, you gave this a three out of five. I think I ultimately gave it a three out of five as well. Yeah. Um what's your what are your thoughts on this film so i did a little like digging just into like the the story of it just to you know understand it a little bit better and apparently this was uh really the book that this is based off of was released in uh, 2016 and it was kind of seen as this guy's memoir was uh, a lot of insight into um into just the the rural urban divide that sort of became apparent um in america in 2016 um, so I, I was going in sort of expecting it to be a bit more universal than it was instead of just kind of the retelling of this guy's story and sort of like the um, urgent phone call disturbance storyline was actually my least favorite. Um, my favorite parts was the the flashbacks that sort of how showed how things got to um, the point that they did. But yeah, I think... Amy Adams' performance was okay. I think Glenn Close crushed it. I thought hers was really good. 
Um, but overall, I, I went three out of five just since I think um, there was a lot of good stuff to say, but I think it was ultimately just very um, personal to this guy in a little bit. There, there was never that extra step made in um, making it universal um, to any viewer. So that's why I sort of kept it at a three. What about you? Sure. Um, I agree with all of your points. I think uh, Glenn Close absolutely murders her performance here. Amy Adams, um, while she did well, um, I think she overdid it a yep. little bit. Um, and that may have just been the writing, and that may be what J.D. Vance um, intended because kind of a backstory of the story, folks. Um, the story here is that this kid, his name is J.D., um, he uh, is the the son of Amy Adams' character, um, or I guess real person. These aren't characters. They're based <laughs> on real people. Uh, Bev. Uh, Bev is her name in the movie, um, and he is her son. And Bev is just uh, an, an absolute train wreck of a person. And her mom, played by Glenn Close, her name is Mama in the movie. Um, uh, I love how they don't have like real names. She's Mama. She's just Mama. Like she yeah. doesn't have a, a, a name. Like they they call her Mama, which is which is just dope. So, um my thoughts are kind of all over the place. My main point here is that they really did a good job making you hate. And I mean, hate Amy Adams character. Yeah. Like, and it, and it really just goes to reflect on the JD Vance's experiences as a child, because Godspeed to him and his sister. I'm glad they're doing well for themselves now, yep. but Holy fuck, dude. Like, that's a roller coaster. This, this is not a fun movie to watch. I'll tell you that. It's a very serious film. It I, there's no better way to say it than this movie isn't fun. Like you're not going to come out of it thinking, "Wow, that was." Well, I don't regret watching the movie. Um, in fact, I'm kind of glad I did watch it. But uh, yeah, man, just real upsetting kind of a movie not not fun to watch i think matt said it before we started recording my girlfriend said it when we watched it together she said well this is just a fucking bummer like like 20 minutes in like this movie is just a bummer isn't it and it's like yep. yeah th they really do that well and like i said with amy adams kind of trying too hard they almost it almost gives off the impression that they they are trying too hard to show you that this boy's life was really fucked up, but you know that that's maybe insensitive to, of me to say because if these experiences are true, then God, anyone would need therapy after after this situation. What do you what do you think, Matt? Yeah, no, I I definitely agree um, that I think it did a a really good job of sort of framing just like the struggle of just getting the basic stuff um with uh the mom with having amy th this person like as as your mom and i feel like it doesn't like do a great job of like explaining why she's the way she is but i guess like as a kid like that's you know they have like a, they have like a 15 second 20 second like where mama says to jd like 
well, you know, she had it hard growing up. And then it shows like one flashback of Papa or Papa being really abusive towards Mama and the girls. Yep. Um, but that's it. Like you don't get any explanation on why this woman is super cracked out, heroin addict, like narcissist narcissist bipolar like she's got every negative trait you can pretty much think of like yeah it's it's really tough to watch honestly and it's i'm i'm not recommending that you run out and see this um however it it was a well-done movie uh especially glenn close's acting and amy adams really does well too it just comes off like, okay, we get it. She's an asshole. Like you just can't root for her. No, you can't. There's no, yeah, there's quite literally no redeeming qualities of this woman. Yeah. Um, one other, one other point I wanted to sort of bring up with you. What did you think of kind of like the overall structure of um, it being framed around like the story of him trying to, you know, fight his way back to, <laughs> to a job interview I just thought that was like, I feel like there's probably a better story you can use to kind of like frame all this. That part just felt kind of lame. Yeah, I I would have preferred if it was just a full blown movie about the his childhood and maybe flashbacks here and there to the future. Um, mm-hmm. Because you do see qualities of his mother in him as an adult kind of like freaking out or getting really heated really easily or getting violent really easily. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, the structure of like, I go to Yale and my job interviews tomorrow. Oh shit. My mom's in the hospital. Better drive 10 hours to go see if she's okay. And then while you're with your recovering mother that almost OD'd, you're like, now, Promise me you'll sit still because I got to drive back and go to a job interview. Yeah. It's like they could have done something different, but um, with, the, with that family, there is definitely a better story to frame <laughs> this around than, than that one. But maybe that's the structure of the memoir as well. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm maybe even interested in reading the memoir now. Cause I'm sure the memoir has more gruesome and more personal details. Uh, that's exactly the reason why I feel like I do not need to read the memoir. This is what made it into the movie. I don't. I don't want to know what they what they had to leave out. Yeah. True. 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 Um. So yeah. If if you haven't seen this movie, I'd I'd give it a shot. I mean, you know, with with the theaters being closed down and we don't really get anything cool until Soul and Wonder Woman. So um, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's free if you're subscribed. Go check it out, Mitch. I I'd still watch it if I were you. I think you'd enjoy the performances and the um, in the in the story here. Um. But if if you're looking for something to sit down with the family, um, this ain't it. I'll, I'll say that this ain't it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, surprisingly enough, uh, this would probably this sounds like something that uh, my family would probably watch all together. Uh, anyway, like we watched. I know this much is true, and that was kind of like touches on uh, yeah, a lot of some of the stuff that you talk about. Um, that you talked about. So, uh, yeah, we, we like the very, uh, hard to watch, um, you know, true to like, it, it, it's a, it's a very human, uh, 
it like from what I get from what you guys were talking about, like talking about it is it sounds like a very human uh, type of movie where you have to like actually feel for the characters basically also because they're real people in real life too. So yeah, uh, the, the struggle is, uh, the, is real out there. So it is. So with that being said, everybody, yeah, Hillbilly Elegy, Elegy, Elegy uh, is available on Netflix. Go check it out. Um, and uh, we'll move right along to uh, another, uh, well, not another film, another piece of media that was uh, that released over the weekend. Uh, Miley Cyrus dropped an album called Plastic Hearts. Um and now we're going to tell you our thoughts about it. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and start off and I'll let you guys talk. Um, I feel like I talk so fucking much, dude. Uh, I personally did not like this. And I'll tell you why. Um, I'll get out of the way. Miley Cyrus. Yes. Very talented individual. It runs in the family with Billy Ray being the dad. And uh, is Noah Cyrus related to them? Uh, there is at least a half brother who is in the classic um, pop punk band Metro Station. Metro Station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, gotcha. Well, um, this album it, it's categorized as a pop album, and um, I would almost categorize it uh, pop alternative. Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of lack of a better term here grungy poppy songs in here i was thinking um, power pop was my power uh, pop yeah can we start another podcast called power pop power pop <laughs> pod the triple p uh, hey. <laughs> Yo, welcome to the ppp um, <laughs> you down with the ppp yeah you know um, me I, I, i'm not gonna say that i hated this album because l like every album i'll at least give props to uh to the production and the uh, the writing behind the, the music. It's just not my type of music, but like Mitch has said previously when he reviews hip-hop stuff, I don't want to completely trash it because I know a lot of people are really happy with this album and stuff. Um, it's just not for me. I'm never going to listen to any of these songs ever again. Um, I gave it a two out of five for that reason. It wasn't trash. I didn't hate listening to it, but I'm never going to listen to it again. It's just not my style. Um, Mitch, what what you got to say about it? Um, I could talk about this album for a bit. Um, definitely. I enjoyed it. Um, I think I gave it a four out of five. Uh, I really like the, like the genre bending, uh, like kind of influences that are mixed in there. Cause it's kind of like a pop album. It's kind of like an alternative album reminds me of like eighties music. And it also had some, some, there are little bits of like hip hop influence in there as well, but not, not a whole lot. Um, but uh, I, I really liked uh, and I enjoyed listening to, to this all the way through. Um, and I love the features on this, which make me think of it being like very 80s uh, style uh, style of, a, of an album, um, at least sonically, it sounds like that. Um, there are features from Billy Idol, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Um, and there's even a remix um, with Stevie Nicks, which I 
like when I was trying to think of who Miley Cyrus sounds like, cause her vocals are mm-hmm. kind of what shine throughout the whole album. Um, she kind of has that like gravelly, like straining, uh, like singing in a, in some sort of a sense. I don't know how to, how to put it into words, but she kind of reminds me of a lot of uh, Stevie Nicks in that, in that uh, sound that, that she makes uh, when she sing like her singing, I guess. Um, I really like the acoustic songs too. I think the acoustic songs are angels like you and high. Um, they were really good. Um, it kind of like differentiates from the overall pop and eighties style that, uh, that's going on throughout the album. And, um, I added a couple of these tracks, uh, to, to my like tracks on Spotify. Um, I probably won't listen to them all the time, but I just was like, you know what? These are pretty good songs. So I added them. Um, and then I, I can't forget about the, uh, the pop, the, this was probably the pop song of off the whole album, the prisoner song with Dua Lipa. Uh, that, that was probably the only one that really stood out to me as like the overall pop influence type of song, very repetitive lyrics um, and beat uh, overall. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this album. what do you think, Matt? Yeah. I think I sort of come down uh, in the middle of <laughs> you two. I mean, numerically, cause I gave it a three and you gave it a two and a four. Um, but then from, uh, what Mitch was saying, I feel like I differ in that I wasn't as drawn to some of the, the acoustic stuff, but sort of the more higher energy stuff. Um, I was listening, uh, with my girlfriend, she put it well and she was like, would I consider Miley Cyrus a good straight singer? Not really. Would I consider her a good performer? Yes. Whereas, whereas like in a lot of the acoustic stuff, it sort of comes down to her just like pure voice um, having to having to sort of bring it through. Um, whereas in sort of the more punky stuff, she's able to kind of sort of her like lower register, um, less classically proficient uh, singing voice can really can really shine through. Um, and she's able to to do that well. And I think just since the song breakdown, there were less of those and more of the acoustic ones that Mitch said he liked was is why the score was was a little bit lower. Um, but I think uh, my favorite one was just the the title track. It was the second track, uh, just Plastic Hearts. So that's definitely going to be staying on a few different playlists of mine from from here going out. So yeah, that's any anything else for for Cyrus talk? Or are we going to talk Metro Station? Just talk different Cyruses now. <laughs> Can we just do a deep dive on like the Cyrus? <laughs> Can we just do a deep dive on the Cyrus family next episode? Let's do it. <laughs> um, cool, cool to have different opinions across the board. We love having different uh, different opinions rather than me and Mitch and Matt just geeking out over Doc Ock. Uh, <laughs> neither one of us hates the idea of Doc Ock being in the next Spider-Man movie. Not um, a one. Not one of us, but. Uh, you know what we can talk about is we can get into our top five uh, again this week. Top five holiday specials. Reason we're doing these top fives is because um, uh, some of these 
Um, wow, we probably could have done top ten of Thanksgiving foods, and we maybe we could have done top five or top uh, ten of holiday specials as well. Um, some of my top tens, and maybe you guys can agree too, have been like, oh, well, ten through six are all kind of jumbled, but five through one are the ones that I really care about. And I think with holiday specials, like there's very few and far between that really stand out. Um, especially I think most of us will have similar lists, especially just from our childhood. Um, so yeah, we can get right into it. You guys know how we do. Um, we go one by one. If we need to talk about it, we will. If not, then, uh, that's the deal. So starting off at number five for me, I put kind of a weird one, Mitch, or maybe it was Matt that brought up the idea of possibly using a tv episode or a tv special as uh one of ours um i didn't think i was gonna do this um until i thought about uh i really love the secret santa episode of the office um when michael they do a secret santa and he goes three hundred dollars <laughs> over the price limit and gets ryan the ipod and everyone's jealous and starts fighting for the ipod that's that's just as a good christmas episode of a tv show um yes we get it i'm an office stan i love the office <laughs> all of us on this pod like the office um but i was thinking about that and i thought you know that's a that'd be a good standalone episode for nbc to air uh around the holidays um because that's just a a, a stand uh, just an all-around great episode with dwight with the elf hat and the elf <laughs> ears it's just it's just a damn good uh, episode of the show and just a good Christmas uh, episode of a TV show. So, Matt, what you got at your number five? Uh, before that, I will say that that is a great honor roll mention, and I should have listened to my own idea uh, for that, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, we could definitely do just even top five office Christmas episodes. There's definitely enough to do that. But anyway. Sure. Uh, my number five is the uh, the Bojack Horseman Sabrina's Christmas Wish. Um, I don't think it's technically like on Netflix. I think it's like listed as its own. It's like little half hour thing, like not as part of like the the Bojack like canon or whatever you want to call it. But I just like it's a good look into the you know fictional show that that he was on back in the nineties um, when he was on a very famous TV show. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll notice that I really like parody from my list, and I think that this is just a great parody of the the classic cheesy '90s family sitcom uh, format with a horse that no one seems to acknowledge. So yeah, that's uh, my number five. Mitch, what's uh, what's starting your list? Uh, I have uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, a very sunny Christmas. I think I was the one that put the well i kind of from matt's list i was like oh he did he did bojack horseman and i was like uh you know what i think i think it's always sunny it would count as a christmas special it's a christmas episode um but i'm trying to remember like this isn't something that i watch like every year but um you know it's always sunny in the gang they just go through uh and like run into a bunch of shenanigans and, and, you know, do crazy stuff like, like on the show, on the show regularly. So, but it's 
more Christmas themed. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about that. Uh, Logan, what do you got at number four? I got uh, fr- the original Frosty the Snowman, a little half hour special cartoon. Um, uh, not much to say about this. This is a nostalgic um, little piece I included. Uh, well, I mean, they're all nostalgic except for The Office. That was only a few years ago. But um, yeah, Frosty was... I, I looked forward to it, but I wasn't jumping up and down when it aired. Um, and to this day, like, I'll still tune in. Like, whenever they air this Frosty the Snowman, I'll be sure to watch it because um, it's a cute little holiday uh, special. And um, hopefully they're still teaching kids to watch Frosty the Snowman unless there's something in Frosty the Snowman that's somewhat inappropriate and cancelable. It's canceled, but um, I'd say maybe one of the weirder things is how the the evil magician like treats those kids is kind of weird, but um, yeah. Also, after saying it out loud, it made me think, why is there an evil magician <laughs> in this special? Um, they had to have a plot, didn't they? Uh, so. So yeah, Frosty the Snowman is my number four. What you got, Matt? Uh, so mine is kind of like a more, just very similar in the same vein as uh, as Frosty, but it was a version that for some reason my elementary school showed us like seemingly five times a year, and I didn't hate it. I don't know. It's just called the Snowman. It's all animated. The music in it's like very very apparent that this was made in 1982 but it's basically the story of frosty a kid like makes a a snow there's no talking or anything it's it's very zen um and kind of trippy they like fly to the north pole and meet santa it's you know it's a whole thing but i don't know i always like think back on it fondly and i feel like i uh, have to track down some bootleg of it on youtube uh, at least once a year just to you know to feel a little childlike again. So my number four is the snowman. What's your next on your list, Mitch? Uh, I have uh, the classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, the classic 1964 stop motion, like claymation uh, style um, of short. Like I think it's, I want to say the runtime. Okay, it's about an hour, 50 minute runtime. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just grew up watching this as a kid and I think, I think I was like freaked out by it a little bit just because it was like weird and different. Like there wasn't very many, uh, like claymation things that were on TV, um, until like, as I got older, I think, uh, some, oh man, what is it called? Uh, some more claymation stuff started coming out and becoming more popular, but, um yeah uh just the classic rudolph the red-nosed reindeer um story uh logan what do you got at number three i'm gonna double down on you mitch and also say my number three is rudolph the red-nosed reindeer uh same reasons it also freaked me out a little bit as a kid too i think the abominable snowman is kind of questionably creepy um as well as uh some of those little misfit toys were a little weird looking too, similar to Sid's 
room in Toy Story, just kind of odd, kind of an odd sight. But that's why they are the misfit toys, I guess, because they're not they don't fit in with everyone else. Um, I think it, I think it's a, a great classic. And even just talking about it, some of those little songs that those elves are singing that sing are starting to pop into my head. So before that really happens, I'll move it on to Mitch or sorry to Matt. What you got at your number three? Uh, my number three is uh, from my favorite show of all time, Futurama. They have a few different uh, Xmas episodes, as they call it. Uh, and this is the first one from season two, where you kind of learn the uh, how in a thousand years Christmas has pivoted from a time of joy to a time of extreme fear <laughs> since the Santa robot that had been built several hundred years ago was... Uh, not calibrated correctly and everyone was deemed naughty so naughty that they needed to be killed so xmas is a holiday to defend yourself from a killer robot and i think it's funny just the way that um (laughs) futurama kind of pokes fun at that while still also keeping in the christmas themes of family and togetherness and also robot attacks so that's that, that's the midpoint of my list. What about you, Mitch? Uh, I have uh, Flintstones Christmas Carol as my next number. Uh, and this is something that I watched. Like, this was... Okay, this came out in 1994. And I remember growing up watching this on Christmas Day. I think it was like... Cartoon Network or something like whatever channel would air this. I remember watching it Christmas Day every year. And I like, I don't know why. It's just something that kind of like, it's just the classic Christmas Carol uh, tale just with Flintstones characters. But I just remember that as being like the standard for a Christmas Carol until like I finally realized, oh, it's actually like, there's like other versions of just a Christmas Carol, uh, not Flintstones esque. So, um, but yeah, it's a it's a funny, you know, kid kid friendly uh, classic. Just uh, you know, classic Christmas Carol tale with the Flintstones. So, uh, Logan, what it, what do you got at number two? My number two is the Dr. Seuss, how a how the Grinch stole Christmas, the animated version, of course. Um, I uh, I love this. Um, I loved the book as a kid as well. I remember having the book. I remember this freaked me out a little bit. Also, growing up, funny how um, funny how these nostalgic things uh, tended to freak us out as kids. And now we look back and say that they're some of the better pieces of film we watched when we were little. But um, yeah, I, I enjoy this. Uh, it's the quick, nice, like 15, 20 minute special uh, with the classic You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch song and the Da Do Dores or ho- however they say it. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get canceled for making fun <laughs> of the who's. Um, uh but yeah i absolutely love it i'm sure you guys will have similar thoughts so i'm just gonna move right along and ask matt what his number two was yep just running it back uh how the grin stole christmas is my number two as well 
the only uh, other thing I wanted to say about it is the uh, just buttery smooth voice of Boris Karloff, uh, the guy who voices basically the whole thing. Also, the guy who played the most popular iteration of Frankenstein. So that's just incredible range with uh, with green characters on his part. So <laughs> again, uh, no need to repeat too much. So my number two is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. What's your runner-up, Mitch? Well, I have uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas as my runner-up. I think uh, I'm in the minority in in this one as it putting it as my number two. But uh, yeah, it's just a classic, another classic, uh, <laughs> a classic uh, Christmas viewing uh, for I guess a special. Um, I did not realize that it was made in 1965, um, and also the description for this it kind of caught me off guard when I when I read it to myself because I don't remember it being like this. Maybe I just my memory's shot, but. Uh, the description on IMDb is uh, depressed at the commercialism he sees around him. Charlie Brown tries to find a deeper meaning to Christmas. And I'm just like, that's pretty, that's, that's like very uh, insightful for what is going, <laughs> what is going on inside of Charlie Brown's mind. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, can't go wrong with watching watching it at Christmas time. Um, love Charlie Brown, uh, Woodstock, shout out to Woodstock and Snoopy. <laughs> I know they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Snoopy's a big fan. He writes in all the time. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, uh, Logan, what do you got at number one? I've got, uh, the Flintstones Christmas. No, I've got, um, no, I've got Charlie Brown as my number one. I think Matt can double down and say the same. Yep. Um, love me some Charlie Brown. Um, why do I feel like every Charlie Brown synopsis starts off with the phrases depressed Charlie Brown? <laughs> <laughs> um, he needs to pay more than five is. cents for, uh, for mental health <laughs> therapy. Look at Lucy being ahead of... <laughs> of of her time on being aware of mental health problems in America yeah. <laughs> and trying to profit off it. Also talk space sponsored Luke. the pod. <laughs> <laughs> please, please Lucy, if you're hearing this, <laughs> hit us up with a discount code. So our listeners can get mental health <laughs> advice. Um, yeah, th that's a great scene just an all-time scene where he's sitting on the stool and she just like flips the little sign that says <laughs> like the doctor is in <laughs> lucy are you even a licensed doctor <laughs> i'm pretty sure your practice is going to get shut down yeah yeah but yeah um same thing with what mitch said Cl classic charlie brown it's a it's a feel-good nostalgic special same with all the charlie browns it's a great pumpkin thanksgiving that's probably seen as the least popular one the thanksgiving one but um still solid they're all good in my eyes i love charlie brown uh matt do you have any more to add or should we just jump right to mitch's number one my only thing to add is that just like when watching charlie brown the experience isn't complete um if my dad doesn't say 
like after the part where um i think it's charlie who's saying that's like is that what the meaning of christmas is all about and then i think like linus like recites like the actual like christmas story like from the bible in like the silence like after that scene my dad has to say that's your grammy's favorite part <laughs> so I, I i have to do that for my girlfriend when it's just the two of us watching it now so the torch that's is really being cute, continued, dad thank you i'm a cute guy <laughs> what's your number one mitch well, uh, I have uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas at, at number one. Uh, you guys already already talked about it uh, pretty, pretty much well enough um, for me to not talk too much about it. But, um, yeah, just growing up watching this, uh, another classic. And, uh, yeah, it, fun fact uh, with Matt – talking about boris karloff that's a pretty uh pretty interesting fact that i did not know um but yeah uh that's that's all i got well cool and that's our top 10 and closing out this show today i I wanted to do we do it about once a month or so kind of just check in on what everyone's consuming whether it's music if they're gaming if they're watching any shows if they finished any shows lately uh, kind of like a what are we watching or what are we doing? Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and, and list three things that I did or that I've done recently. Um, I I finally finished Dexter. Um, it's an eight season, eight seasons, 12 episodes each situation, um, each an hour long. So it was an investment and it took me a, a, a couple months to do, but. I finished it and it was a good show and I recommend watching it. However, you better watch fast considering I found out that it's also being taken off of Netflix at the end of 2020. Um, interesting uh, coincidence that I finished it in time, but uh, yeah, I, I watched me some Dexter and, and I really enjoyed it. In fact, I enjoyed it so much that um, popular binge boys spinoff show, the run through, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be sitting down with my cousin Tanner and my roommate Turner. So Turner and Tanner are joining me um, to talk in depth about the series and the, our, our favorite moments from the show and kind of a general overview of the show. If, 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 if you don't have time to watch it, don't worry. We'll summarize all eight seasons um, for you. Essentially, a dude kills people uh, who he thinks deserves to be killed. Um, aka other murderers rapists child molesters anybody in between um but then is also a cop during the daytime a forensic analyst so um so yeah it's it's a a pretty damn good show i gave it a four out of five um i'd say it's probably what i mean it's considered one of the better tv shows of all time um but uh yeah it's a solid show and i recommend it um, I started uh, popular sitcom The Big Bang Theory on HBO Max. Um, there's 12 seasons of that show. <laughs> um, Don't forget Young Sheldon. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give that one a watch. I hear that one's not as well received. However, um, uh, yeah, I started Big Bang Theory. I realized there's 12 seasons of it. Uh, not sure how long it's going to take for me to do that one, but uh, stay tuned. 
it's probably just going to be my like before bed show like the episodes are literally like 19 minutes because of cable tv using commercials to fill in the other 10 minutes so you can blow through like yesterday i started it and i watched like nine episodes and that was only in like four hours so like it's it's very doable but god it's it's gonna be a long haul so just stay tuned on that um i also quickly binged uh harley quinn hbo max animated series starring kaylee cuoco also a star of the big bang theory uh quite funny definitely if you if you're a fan of dc comics and it's and it's kind of got a bojack horseman vibe to it where the characters are very aware of who they are and they're very aware of the world they live in very satire very parody um but also with some cool superhero supervillain action. So only two seasons of it so far. And I think the episodes are only 20 minutes a piece. So it's a nice, cool little short binge if you're, if you're interested. And then lastly, I watched a movie yesterday. I did a lot of TV watching uh, <laughs> this weekend. Uh, I watched Apple TV plus original movie on the rocks. Uh, it stars Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. Um, and it was good. <laughs> uh, wow. story, it's a story about a woman who has a suspicion that her husband is cheating on her. So her and her dad kind of go undercover and try to see um, if he's cheating on her or not. It, it's, it's produced by A24. So it's a uniquely shot film and a uniquely made film. So it was good. Um a weird entry for a 24 considering the only other entries thus far we've gotten, I think are hereditary and midsummer, which were both very, very strange films in their own right. Um, but yeah, it, it, all enjoyable stuff all around big bang theory, Dexter, Harley Quinn and on the rocks. That's what I've been up to lately. Uh, also, I, binge listened to juicy J's new album the hustle continues so did it in fact continue i i wasn't going to uh have us review that album on the pod but um but mitch what you've been doing lately uh besides our main programming here um well uh i've been uh working a lot um so i haven't really been able to binge a lot of content um, but I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of music. Um, Black Pumas, like we were talking about earlier, um, I've been listening to their stuff, their new album, and it's really good. Um, I also listen to um, the the War on Drugs new live album just came out. Uh, so if you like live music, uh, but in a pre-recorded setting um i would recommend giving that album a listen it's from a lot of different shows that they've had but the way that the production is uh like done on the album they kind of just flow into one another very uh very well uh and they're kind of like a dad rock band like very uh dire straits and uh like 
Bruce Springsteen and like Bob Dylan vibes, like all those kind of influences kind of influence them. And they're uh, just really good, a really good rock band, um, kind of like old, old style rock band. So I'd recommend uh, listening to that. Um, as for TV shows and movies, um, I recently watched uh, a Christmas Vacation, even though I watch that like every damn year. Uh, but it's good as always, you know, Chevy Chase. Can't go wrong with <laughs> Chevy Chase. Classic. Um, just a, another classic uh, film. Um, I started a Amazon Prime, or it was on the IMDb streaming platform, but moved to Amazon Prime, uh, a show – uh, about Alex Ryder, a book series that I yes. read growing up. And uh, so I watched the first episode of that, and it's actually not that bad. It, I, it's like the, each episode's like about 50 minutes, 45, 50 minutes. Um, but I got through the first episode, and it was pretty good. Um definitely going to try and finish that show. I think there's about eight episodes, um, but moving very slowly when it comes to watching content right now, because I'm just, they're working me like a dog out there on the streets, man. Drive. <laughs> I'm, deliv I'm delivering packages. So this is like the busiest time of year for sure. delivery drivers, uh, Amazon and FedEx, UPS, and my company that I work at, LaserShip, uh, is just busy as hell, man. So, yeah. uh, Matt, what do you got uh, going on? So I know I said the the Clone Wars might be getting the nod. Uh, they were th that was kept in the minors. It did not quite make it up to the majors. Uh, so instead, uh, I actually watched all of Atlanta, Donald Glover's show, or well, not all of the two seasons that are out. Uh, maybe hope help me understand you guys a little bit more being uh, a not the only not Atlanta native on this show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, can't really say anything unique that hasn't been said about it. Um, I was a big fan of his and uh all the other performances on it and then the music was also really good i mean it's kind of music adjacent as a show so that's to be expected um seeing the game of the year nominations um that both um ghost of tsushima and um the last of us two were nominated it made me remember that um i wanted to play the last of us one and just never got around to it so that's been happening when um i've had the time um <laughs> and uh i'll probably get get flamed for this but a guilty pleasure of mine has finally built up enough of a backlog to get started again and that is 90 day fiance Jesus. Now, if you just want, like, <laughs> we were talking about how Hillbilly Elegy is just the story of a broken family. You want to see some modern day broken families, you hit up 90 Day Fiance. That is just <laughs> the drama of humanity put on stage. It's so bad, but I just can't, 
I don't know, guilty pleasure, you know. Just just got to do it. They're entering uh, <laughs> lockdown. Um, yeah, man, I could talk about it all day. I know we're running long here, so I'll, uh, I'll cut it short. <laughs> just, just look for my, uh, my side 90 day fiance podcast coming soon. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a spinoff of binging batch and we'll call it <laughs> 90 day fiance with Matt. And it's just Matt talking to himself about 90 day fiance. <laughs> yeah. That you dude, don't even joke. I, uh, I also thought about asking for exclusively, 90 day fiance personality cameos for Christmas this oh year. My but, God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. Good deal. Um good. Good to hear that everyone's uh trying to consume some kind of content this <laughs> holiday season. Whether it's uh Harley Quinn or 90 Day Fiance, <laughs> we've got you covered here on the Binge Boys. Um remind me again, you both have um Disney Plus, right? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, and you both have HBO Max or HBO. Yes, I found out this last week that I do have HBO Max. Wow. Um, we'll we'll maybe we'll 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 discuss offline, but I'm I don't think anything crazy is coming to Netflix movie wise this week. Um, so I'm going to give you guys the choice whether we watch Black Beauty, Disney Plus original remake of an old movie also called black beauty based on horses um uh or a movie that just came out on hbo max this last weekend called super intelligence it's with melissa mccarthy and i think james corden it's a comedy about some kind of intelligence i don't know i'm, I'm, a, I'm assuming super intelligence super variety yeah <laughs> So we'll we'll talk more offline, and I think next week we'll also talk about our top five favorite Christmas songs, whether they're classic Christmas songs or maybe if you're, well, I don't know why, but Matt gives off strong my Michael Bublé Christmas song. Vibe. Oh come on, so, man! So um, maybe maybe you've got some Toby Keith Christmas in in your in your blood. <laughs> um, but either way, that I think wraps it up for a longer episode of. Binge Boys 153, a big shout out to Matt and Mitch, as always, for joining me. Love having you two a part of the show. The uh, I didn't tell you guys on Thanksgiving, but, you know, with COVID and the election and just everything crazy that's happened this in 2020, um, I do really appreciate you guys taking the time to sit here with me uh, a couple hours a week and talk about the industry that we love i i'm thankful for you guys truly <laughs> so um so yeah um yeah that's that's uh that's 153 <laughs> make sure as i said at the top rate review and subscribe on all of the podcast listening platforms that you do apple amazon spotify google wherever make sure you've hit that five star Make sure you're following on Instagram. You're seeing all of our fun reviews. Shouts to Emily. Stay tuned for a crazy few weeks of the binge boys. I'll give you a quick rundown. I know we're running slow, but the holidays is time for plugging. Um, as always, we'll have uh, binge boys next week. Um, and then the uh, I'm all over the place. Next Thursday, the 10th is when you'll get that 
episode of about all about Dexter. The following Thursday, the 17th, you'll get a run through on a rom-com called The Holiday starring Jack Black and uh, Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet and Jude Law. Um, and then the following Thursday, which is Christmas Eve, you'll get a run through on the classic, maybe the greatest Christmas movie of all time, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, starring Jim Carrey. <laughs> Not the greatest of all time. But either way, thanks, guys, for listening. Thankful for all the listeners. Hope everyone had a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys all next week. Thanks, Matt and Mitch. Bye, guys. Thanks, Logan. Bye. Yep. Thanks, Logan. Peace.